0: Hi, this is Logos Legacy. So, I've felt a uh, desire to share something. Basically, uh, it's been on my mind for a while, but then I kind of forgot about it, and I've been reminded of it. And I had synchronicity called me to share this anyway. So, this is about something called Tiantai's Tai's the- theory of two thousand life states in every moment of existence. So it's a Buddhist concept. I came across this through a friend of mine who's a Nichiren Buddhist. And honestly, from what I've learned about Nichiren Buddhism, it's actually what well, pretty mystical. Well, it's Buddhism, so it's mystical, right? But it's uh it reminds me of Lord of One actually, and New Age Mysticism, actually. It's just different phrasing it's, but, but largely a lot of the same, it's even like the law of attractions, like one of their tenants or something. Uh So it's quite interesting. One of the most interesting things about it is that is how they interpret the 10 worlds, the the 10 basic life. Yeah. The 10 worlds, the 10 inner worlds, right? Because some forms of Buddhism have this idea that the 10 worlds are like these literal different worlds um, and that you, when you reincarnate you eventually reincarnate to higher worlds like but you start off in hell and then you keep reincarnating to hunger and then animality anger, tranquility, rapture, learning partial enlightenment, bodhisattva which I'm pronouncing wrong probably and buddhahood. right and um, I don't doesn't really resonate with me the idea that you literally go to different worlds um and some forms of Buddhism including Nichiren <clears throat> Buddhism to the idea that these ten worlds are in fact inner worlds within us and our life states right so this is like different mental states or different frequencies in or different frequencies like there's a scale the Hawkins scale is a clear example of these different frequencies right and this reminds me of that very much so it seems like a different way of pointing at the same thing in my opinion so yeah it starts up out with that <clears throat> so i'll give you like a, a diagram that i drew based on what I, I saw the diagram and i drew it out myself and sorry if you can't read the writing or if you're listening to it on audio, it won't be very helpful, will it? If you're listening to this on what, like Spotify or something? No, wait. Yeah, but basically, if you can't see it, I'll just have to describe it. But, um, the first section... Wait, first section is... I don't know if you can read this together. Uh... No, I'll just describe it. I won't, won't show you. So, basically, there's a list of ten basic life states. Um, and I listed them from one to ten already. Hell, hunger, and man So, yeah, wait, I'll backtrack. So there's hell, which is kind of described as an internal trapped feeling. That's just what I intuit about it. So it's kind of like... Shame, the state of feeling like in shame, despair, misery, guilt. It's just the state where you feel like trapped. Or, like, pathetic and worthless. I mean, it's a sort of state where people kill themselves or they feel, yeah, it's misery. I'm sure it might be depression, even. Um, But you, you're, I'm sure you know more or less what I'm talking about here. And it's a sort of state that they're describing, right? Um, but it's an internally focused one. Then there's hunger. So, what does I say that? Desires, yeah, desires. Yeah, I'm um, basically, it's the state of desire. And if I were to have a parallel, you know, to it, it's literally desire on the Hawkins scale. If you don't know, it's David Hawkins. You it know, at the scale. Consciousness it goes all the way from shame all the way to enlightenment. Um, you can look it up uh, if you don't know what it is. It's re- really easy to find. Um, animalality is basic instincts, basically. It's like fight, flight, freeze, but in an, you know, not like how the ego twists it to like higher states, like where someone criticizes you and you're like, oh my god, actually, it kind of is that it's it's a basic animalistic instincts in us, right? And that aspect, um, I would say, yeah, fight, flight, freeze. And, uh, yeah, the next one, Anger. Um, it overtly relates to anger, but it also relates to when people are kind of fighting each other, hurting each other, but out of a sense of that other people deserve it. And it's this is externally focused as opposed to hell, which is internally focused. Um, and there was some art done by there's some art portraying this done by uh, someone called Aikida. I can't remember his first name. Maybe it's Japanese, It's the other way around, isn't it? But anyway, um, the head of the Nichiren Buddhism. He did some art on it anyway, and it's quite interesting. You might be able to find it, I don't know. But yeah, um, but it's also a desire to control others as well. Um and I, I'd say you could associate this with the ego, but you can associate How hunger and animality with ego, although animality is kind of like, I'd say, even though it's referring to like animals, like given that we're humans, it's like how those instincts play out in humans, right? So the fifth state is tranquility. That these are not portrayed as one is better than the other, and I'm gonna clarify a bit more on it now obviously i'm not an expert on this i'm not a buddhist per se but the reason i'm sharing this as i feel cool to and i'm going to explain more why it's particularly this model is so why i like it so much it's kind of okay okay so it's kind of like i don't think there's any element that's superfluous in this and yet i don't think there's anything that it's lacking it's just like a really probably high frequency i don't know really it's a really good um diagram which anyway i'll just <laughs> carry on right so we're currently on the first left hand column or stage right kind of and the flow diagram that goes from left to right and in that stage or whatever it's got these 10 different states and the tranquility state is when you're it's a calm neutral state right and it's it's kind of described as the the human state in some sense um so it's kind of like it's described as like when you're not feeling any of these other states it's just a default one but not like it's just calm it's not like um bliss it's calm like you're you're not worked up or anything it's a calm neutral state more or less Um, it's not like great, it's not shit it's just, it is, right makes it sound like presence but it isn't well, you can understand it in comparison to what the others are like I suppose because it's kind of like it's not those So (laughs) process of elimination, there you go, great explanation so, um Six is rapture, joy, fulfillment. Quote heaven, but not. But it's a temporary state of like. So, it's kind of like pleasure, but that's kind of under desire, isn't it? So it's more like, okay, something you get a promotion, you're like, yeah, oh my god, it's fantastic, or you find out some good news. Um, you win the lottery. I mean, it could be less than that. It could be just like. I don't know. Like, y- you get a present. And you're like, oh my God, I love this. It's a Christmassy feeling, you know, but it wears off. Um, it's not like religious rapture, necessarily. But it's like... Yeah, it's a temporary feeling of uh, pleasure or joy or something, but it's not like hunger. It's not like just desire. It's pretty good, but wears off, right? Then seven is learning, which is an effort to understand and study. So it's kind of like you're concentrating on something you're studying. You are learning things, but it's like a concentrated state um, with an effort to understand. It's kind of a seeking, seeker thing in a way. Um, Eight is partial enlightenment. Which is basically you could describe it as the eureka state you're like ah this idea this inspiration has come to me i i'm going to share this youtube video or something right so it's like yeah it's like the aha like, i know i understand or now i'm going to share this thing oh my god I've got, i can't wait to tell the, share this with my friend this is amazing idea or you know you know what i mean right so then there's the Bodhisattva state, which, like, sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> um, so it's basically, okay, so you're alleviating others, others suffering, you're giving in that sense, and you're receiving, you feel a joy in the process of doing that, it's the joy of giving. Um, a teacher might, for example, feel this way, it depends, not all teachers, but it just, if, if you're Or if you're giving to charity, you need to feel like... You just feel this warm-hearted, glowing feeling like, yeah, this is really nice. I, I like... This. And it's not like pride, like, oh, I'm such a good person. It's just like... Yes. You know, like... The joy of service, right? And then there's Buddha. Ten. Okay, so to clarify these, each of these has a negative and a positive aspect. So... Or a manifestation. Even from how well, I don't know about Buddhahood. I think Buddhahood is a kind of united thing that is unites the others. I'll get to that. So that really doesn't have a negative side, it's just holistically good or something. Um so how you might think, okay, how does how have a good aspect? Okay, you, I know the negative aspect to it. How is an awful state to be in. Uh I'm sure everyone's had moments where they're the lowest low or the, the, the lowest load they've experienced so far anyway. And it's just like... Imagine someone just goes through this nine to five job they hate and it's really long hours and they get really tired. They... And they're just like, I don't know. It's almost like going through the motions. So it's like, I don't know, that's an example. Or maybe a really toxic relationship where they really are treated in a diminished way. And you know, there's lots of examples of this, but it's it's misery. Despair, and such. And so, what's the positive of this? Well, for one thing, is that through this, you actually learn to sympathise and empathise with other people, because you you understand what it's like. And I guess it's a humbling thing, but it's also kind of like, yeah, I I care because I can see in them what I how I can feel that I know what it's like. Right? Okay. Um, but also it's a son sort of thing where I've been through hell and I'm still here, I'm still standing, so I'm actually I'm actually strong to even be around, right? Um so there's that. And if you are in a state of hell, so to speak, and you take the conscious choice to accept it, accept how you feel, allow yourself to just feel it, be be mindful. If you can, instead of just reacting or just putting your head in your hands and giving up, if you could just accept it with courage, it gives you the opportunity to find a wellspring within you that you didn't know was there before. And it, it allows you to grow and let go of emotions. It is actually an opportunity. And it's great catalyst for growth. Um, so that doesn't pretend, that doesn't make it any less difficult. But it's actually it's a gift because it allows you to grow as a and expand your consciousness. Essentially, it's catalyst. Um, and sometimes it's when we make when we're in hell, right? It's when we make a conscious decision to change the way we look, view things. Well, in the course of miracles is referred to as a miracle um, so yeah how isn't always that bad but you can't just tell someone but like, maybe it will help to tell someone from how like oh that you they'll you'll grow from this isn't that great people have to realize that themselves they need to grow that themselves it just it needs to click there has to be a conscious choice but a conscious expansion of awareness so, hunger, um, yeah, um, desire, On one hand, there's a positive aspect of desire, you could say, in that it feels good when I feel pleasure, yay, isn't this great, that rush after not snort cocaine, right, <laughs> that is not what I'll emphasize as the positive desire. Okay, so yeah. Um what's actually I'll start with the negative aspect of hunger because what happens if you're feeling this intense desire for something, but you can you can't get it? Well you suffer, don't you? And the truth is that underlying that hunger, that desire is a suffering that's already there bubbling beneath the surface and that hunger that desire is it's almost like a a reaction a way out a distraction it's a coping mechanism so the truth is when you're getting that itch you desire to scratch the itch it might be sexuality it might be food it might be all sorts of things that feeling like craving for a cigarette that that is a suffering feeling people don't necessarily realize they're suffering because they're so caught up in it um but yeah it's not pleasant to just sitting there like i want this thing i want this thing i want this thing i want this thing oh i want this thing yeah so that's a negative what's a positive desire other than feeling good temporarily for them um Actually, yeah, I don't know I think about that. When chew it, okay. What is the positive? Well, for start, if you desire something, then you go and get it, then you feel temporary pleasure, and then you're like, that wasn't worth it. What do I really want? It might be something like joy or peace, right? or love right so by going for what you don't want and then it not satisfying you because it it never really does another one it kind of allows you to hone in on what you really want and there is a sort of you're living you are living a full life in a sense by allowing yourself to do these things right because if you're just living in this shameful forcing yourself not to do this than the other because those things are decadence right so i'm not going to do that like the whole a puritan if you're being like really puritan about things in a forced way if it's not like if it's just natural you just don't feel like those things you're fine without them you just don't desire them you're good that's that's one thing if it's like i must not do it i really want to do it but i will not do it i will not do it that's not necessarily good is it right that's kind of like kind of like hell i don't know if i'm gonna say it's one of these states you could say it's anger at yourself but this system doesn't says that's externally so yeah so it's Got this desire. Where was I? The positive about it is you're, you're allowing yourself to live by allowing yourself to engage in it. But here's the thing are you consciously observing yourself in the process? Because if you're not, you're, it's not. You're not, you're absorbed in it. It's unconscious. There's nothing wrong. If people are at that stage where that's just how they're acting, that's just their frequency, that's their, their, their state. That's just where they're at. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just where they're at. Although it's definitely, I wouldn't say better, but if you can be present and observe yourself and mindful while you're engaging in desire or hunger right that's great so animala- anima- animality. what's the negative um, well you'll be lashing out at others if you don't get what you want and you'll be you might be supplicating to other people to get what you want and it's like oh someone gives you something you're like oh yeah like a dog being given a treat you're like yay like also you can be manipulated when you're an animality the same you know, the stick, carrot thing, carrot stick thing. Um, we're like, oh no, what's going on? Something, you're, you're scared, right? No, there's something wrong with these things, the fight, flight, like freeze, and the dynamics, and uh, the basic instincts. In fact, they're a key part of our humanity and our life here. Uh, however, when are we are consumed by it, we, it's like, um, we're not fully in touch with our humanity we are based in some sense uh, and it's okay if someone's in that state or someone that's just where someone's at but like um, we have so much more potential than that. and we can suffer a lot through the process so what's the positive? well there's a groundedness to that if you can if you can see yourself if you can be mindful and accepting of that and just not rejecting that aspect of yourself, but truly just integrating it, you can be an inter, if you integrate that, think of it like a Jungian concept, Carl Jung, integrating the shadow, there's an aspect of your shadow that you integrate, or integrating. So another way of putting it is like, okay, so there's this is wild beast, and it's ego, right? What if you get that wa- wild, or an aspect of ego, let's say, and you, but it could be a loyal servant, and that wild ferocious lion could uh actually be this majestic um lion instead of like scar Member mufasa right do you want mufasa serving you or scar dominating you i mean it depends what you're into it's kind of <laughs> um in bed it might be a different story but um, that's your business so um Wait, that's a really (laughs) specific king, Jesus. Sorry, I didn't even realize. Okay, right. (sighs) Not mine, just to specify. Right, so, um, yeah. Again, there's also this idea of perhaps you could learn what you don't want and something higher from experiencing it Um, there's the opportunity to go aha from that and i also say i wasn't going to say this yet but i feel like i will that basically in all of these states so in all of these 10 states all 10 are present within them latent right the later potential is that, so basically all of them are present in all the others which is why one good aspect of each of them is that they can become each of the other which is also a bad thing in the word as well because even in a state of let's say that? Uh, the joy of giving there's a potential for hell why I'll get into that um, but it goes the other way around if you're in hell you can go from hell to But one of the highest states you can actually it's actually possible to go from one that one to the other in fact if you look at Eckhart Tolle's story and other people's stories about how they have sudden um, they go through hell for a while and then they realise something and then suddenly they're in this really high state actually that that, one, that was like literally from one to ten actually that's been straight to Buddhahood basically in that case but I'm sure you know what I mean so anger the negative is I'm sure you can see or you, you know all the conflict in the world and all this and when you're consumed then you don't see clearly you're up suffering it hurts it's stressful uh, and then you do make decisions that aren't the best decision and then you're oh man I could not believe did that and you see F no consequences and you see someone else hurt and it's like oh shit right and then you look at the world you see all the, the wars and the suffering from conflict and just uh, even arguments you know like and people try and control each other because they're angry and they feel like they'll be safe if they have control or the other people deserve to be controlled or stuff like that. I'm sure we're aware of that. What's the positive? Passion. Okay, in a way, you could say anger is misdirected passion in the first place. So, that fire, that inner fire, if it's directed in a loving way or a constructive way, it's like an enthusiasm, like, I'm going to you feel this des- you s- desire to paint, for example, or do music. Um, who knows? Like some of the greatest art might have originally been anger and then it might be transformed through love and acceptance or something into passion. And it- basically, it's like a rocket fuel for, for creativity. I don't know. If that's popped in my head. So, yeah, I mean, I would say the state of anger is like, be for good if you feel like oh that's an outrageous injustice if you're conscious enough not to be caught up in that and then be like oh i'm gonna make them pay right if you're conscious enough to be like oh it's so awful I-, I can't believe that all these people are suffering and then you're like i'm gonna help uh, i might be giving to charity right from dealing with a particular kind of injustice that you perceive or something so th- that's an example they're so gonna be careful with it because you can actually end up hurting people in the name of correcting an injustice, and then actually just be doing the negative side of anger. But you, when you're in the negative aspect of anger, you can convince yourself that it's righteous anger. And it might be, but often isn't. About some of the worst atrocities are done by righteous anger. So, tranquility, five. Um, so, what this is referring to. Is um Hmm I mean you're not going through you're not angry you're not even you're not in your base instincts You're not in desire You're not in hell misery sort of thing. You're not studying and learning in that state. You're not in like this temporary pleasure or joy, like, ah yes, rapture, yes. Isn't this great? And then it fades. You're not even in the Eureka or the giving state or the Buddha state. It's just like. Yeah, it's okay. I'm good. I'm alright. But like maybe there's a sort of naivety, but like. It's going through the motions, like just going through the programming, kind of, or day-to-day life, in between these other states. And it's a very human thing in a way, but it's a complacent state, potentially. It can be complacent on one hand. On the other hand, it can be a relief. Um, honestly, I'm not gonna talk too much about the state you can maybe look it up because i don't want to say (laughs) uh what about it rapture so the positive is clear already i think but the negative might be for example suppose you have this You might be absorbed in how you feel great, and then just walk past the homeless person on the street. I'm not saying you have to give to them, but that's an example. Or you might, you might be absorbed. It might be, it might be in a negative aspect. It's like selfish fulfillment and joy, like joy without love. In fact, a lot of people can really get fulfillment and happiness in their life, and. They don't really care much about others, or at all. It's like a self-absorbed, isn't this great? I've got it made. And, you know, there might even be people in their family who are just like really struggling. they are like, doesn't matter. It's great for me. Um, and it wears off. And then you're like, oh shit. And you go back to suffering again. Like it might just be a temporary thing. It's just a temporary way I think pride can kind of, I might, this is diverting from what this is saying, but I think pride can give you that state temporarily. you yes, I got it. I'm the man. I, yeah. I, and other people are just like, and you might, you might, it might be almost a denigrating thing to others. You might be pupping yourself up, and feeling that good, just at the expense of just viewing or saying to others or treating them inferior there's that as negative aspect aside and that has obviously has karmic consequence and it means that it's always temporary and if you if it's a negative aspect you're just going to come out back out of it just negativity again and you might just be repeating this cycle of the rise and fall prior to the fall or whatever you know and you might not you know it might take a while before you break out of that. that's a potential possibility there so learning seven um you might get so focused that you burn out or that you get stuck in the details and you sap your creativity and your connection. You get too stuck in left brain mentality uh, where you like become convicted of that X, Y, Z is true. Other people should see it, but that's the case. I've learned it. I know it's a fact. It's the truth. It's the way it is. You don't understand that it's that way. I did the research. I studied, I put the effort in. I earned that sense of knowing you didn't. So you don't know like I do, you're inferior, right? Um, I mean like a spiritual seeker can do this. I've done it. I- I've been in the learning state and had the negative aspect sometimes. Cause you're just like, what happens if someone doesn't agree with you what you've learned or disagrees with them? You might be like, you might get angry or feel threatened on some level, it might spawn out of that. You might get negative emotions or negative states from that because it's like, or that you might actually not get that love and the peace, Shakti like sort of that okay, Iron talks about and others, this sort of the loving spirituality aspect that you might get from other states you might miss out on that because you're just like, all about the studying theory about spirituality, for example. But it could be about anything. It's, well, yeah, you can get caught up in the theory of things and not the practice. So it be ungrounded as well. That's another aspect. You can be very ungrounded. And if you're not grounded, that can lead your head in the clouds all over the place and you might suffer or not be paying attention. There's all sorts of problems there. Um, but on the other hand, you might genuinely learn new things and genuinely be dedicated and be transforming your life for the better. Or maybe even that knowledge, that understanding might be able to be useful in a way to help other people. Um, and you might feel genuine state of worthwhileness that you've, you get fulfillment from it as well, potentially. Or maybe success, right? So, yeah, I mean, okay, so what about partial enlightenment? But Eureka, that, Aha, I see, right? Um, well, I mean, the benefits are obvious, but the negatives are that you want to share it with other people. And if they don't, they're not ready or they don't understand to understand it, or accept it, they, or they're not willing to, or they're just not. On, you're just not on the same wavelength. But you're so excited, like, let me explain this thing, and you might be shoving it down their throat. Not even. You might be excitedly doing it, or you might be annoyed that they don't want to hear it. But like, no, you should want to hear it, right? Um, or just like, why don't they understand like the way I do? Or like, oh, they don't have the realization that I have, right? It's a bit like the what I was saying with the next side of learning. But like, I had this idea. I just insight, now I knew better than them, right? You can get prideful about it if you're not careful. So there's a negative there. And there's the... about right, Archimedes, how did he die? So a Roman, a Roman soldier came up behind him and was like, told him to surrender because he was being... The, uh, the Roman general wanted him alive, right? And so he was in the middle of like, you know, the equivalent of being on the chalkboard theorizing that, you know, they didn't have jaw balls. And he was like, you basically tell the fuck off. <laughs> so the guy stabbed him. <laughs> it's like fuck off. I'm so I'm I'm doing mathematics. Anyway. So <clears throat> um also Einstein obviously had eurekas, but he was horrified when his theory was used to develop nuclear bombs, and when he saw the result, it really horrified him. So like, the benefits of the Eureka state can be abused. They can absolutely be abused. But I mean, it, it can be great and it can really help people and it can be just be great to feeling and like, yeah, I, I understand, I get this insight and this inspiration and you can do it to help others or just... It can be uh, very artistic and beautiful and, yeah, it's great, but yeah, every one of these things that's positive manifestation and a negative manifestation, what is that about, right? So you're giving to other people, you feel great, isn't this amazing? But what if I'm, you just keep giving without a proper boundary? You just keep giving and giving and giving, you draining yourself, draining your cup until the point where you're exhausted. What if you feel that you have to? What if a programming says that you're not worthy unless you just give, 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 give? Or there might be various reasons why you might give too much or give in an unbalanced way or just be too generous with people and those people take advantage or you might even give in a way where people are actually using that to harm others and you're just not paying attention or not and you just focus on how good you feel while you're giving and not actually paying attention to what is really best um Yeah, so, and if you drain your cup, eventually you might get into hell or lower no states, or you might not even realize what's wrong. You're just so used to just giving, 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 no matter what. And yeah, giving's great, but it, it's what giving, receiving, right? That's what it's really about. when it's... Because if you're not loving your, if you're not, if you're giving in a way that drains your cup, you're actually not loving yourself, right? And you're not treating yourself with due respect. You're actually, harming yourself um, and that can be a manifestation of not loving yourself and not feeling yourself worthy of being or receiving gifts or from yourself or others and that's another thing you might turn people away when they're giving to you it's like no 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 I'll just keep giving I, I, that's all I need to do um, but yeah it can be great and compassionate it's just you might resent other people if you give too much so you might give too much and then resent it. it's like you're setting yourself up for failure or for for suffering and then blaming others for that and that could be a cycle that you go through because uh, people often do that that they kind of they create a situation that they then complain about without realizing they created the situation um reminds me yeah, it's like suppose you, you're really generous with someone. Unless you're in such a toxic relationship, for example, you just keep giving, 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 giving in many different ways, and then like it takes its toll on you. You start lashing out or going through suffering, and then you and then you blame yourself for how you're acting without realizing why. And then to make up for it, you give, 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 give. <laughs> That's just an example, right? Then the Buddhist state doesn't really have negative. it's just, it. maybe it transcends positive and negative and transcends duality, but there's a sort of non-dualistic positive that's more positive than positive, but includes the negative as part of it in a more exalted form, if that makes any sense to you. Um, wow, okay, the first step, <laughs> I took longer than expected going into it, but yeah, there's 10 of these states, right? These are the inner worlds, inner states, right? Okay, so, but then there's actually a hundred states, because in each of these states, you get each of the ten states. So that's mutual possession of the ten worlds. That's stage two, one step. Right. Of, uh, what? You kind of see a flip I think, don't you? So, yeah, one step, the next step in the road yeah. diagram, going along horizontally. Yeah, mutual possession of the ten worlds. So, each of these worlds contained the other 10. So that's 100. And I would add. Oh, yeah, this is note I wrote about the British Safa state. Um, Not a sacrifice, give viewers a gift to yourself. Don't drain yourself. Yeah, yeah, that'll come that. So, yeah, the next one is where there's actually a thousand states. It's saying, okay, so. Ten times a hundred, which is ten factors of life. Workings of karma, cause and effect, moment to moment. So every the the, per, the 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 eternal moment that is all time, the beginning and end and everything in between, which is now. That's, karma and karma, cause and effect. That is cause and effect operates in that eternal moment and oh i just realized i didn't actually look up just to be clear what all of these 10 are so see if i can go on on the top of my head but yeah we'll see actually i'll be back All right, I'm back. So, I have found a brief description, which I'll do, of the ten factors. All right, the first of these is... One, uh, appearance, attributes of things discernible from the outside, such as colour, form, shape, and behaviour. So, yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um... To nature, the inherent disposition or quality of a thing or being that cannot be discerned from the outside. Te Tai characterizes it as unchanging and replaceable. The nature of fire, for instance, is unchanging and cannot be replaced by that of water. He also refers to the true nature, which he regards as the ultimate truth, or Buddha nature. On one hand, it kind of reminds me of uh, the platonic forms in some sense, but... There's like this initial template and then there's the manifestation of things. But, and that's the the nature of something, the way it works or something like that. Yeah, um, I think that sums it up. I think it's pretty clear what it is. And of course, the true nature is the Buddha nature. And these are just manifestations or offshoots of that. That's my interpretation. Three, entity. The essence of life that permeates and integrates appearance and nature. The first three factors describe the reality of life itself. So, yeah, the first Net-appearance, nature, entity, the reality of life. Right. Hmm, what is this essence of life? Oh, right, okay. When I was talking about that template that things are based on. I think that's the template, let's say, the, the form, let's say, it's kind of like the entity, the essence of life that permits and integrates appearance in nature, right? Um, the nature is like it's more overt. So it's like the nature is like its manifestations, kind of. And it's, the entity is like core of what it's about but anyway so the next the next six factors are manifest a manifest um effect yes it's the next six factors from fourth power through ninth manifest effect explain the functions and workings of life okay yeah so the next are about functions and workings of life which are power it's infinite life's potential energy I said infinite. Oh, but intuitively, I must have gotten that the potential energy of life is infinite, which it absolutely is. Um, So, yeah, power is life's potential energy. Although, within a, a form of life, I would say there's a certain potential energy. But there's also an infinite potential issue in everything, uh, to everything as a whole. Five, influence the action or movement produced when life's inherent power is activated. So, yeah, that's kind of uh, an effect of it. Um, well, that, 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 yeah, it should be self explanatory. Uh, six, the, the internal cause, the cause latent in life that produces an effect of the same quality as itself, i.e., good, evil, neutral. That that's what it says. Um, it doesn't necessarily just apply to good, evil, or neutral, as those terms, right? But it's basically seen. This is the karmic cause of something on an energetic level, or maybe on a level beyond energy. Really. Um. So it's like with the Law of Attraction, for example. um, There's in the mind, there's the... It's in the mind and heart first, and then it manifests out there based on the state of you. Your state is what causes what plays out. Uh, and so just as you've got these internal states, these internal states inherently manifest in the world around you. That's called the mirror effect and the law of attraction and the law of manifestation, right? Yeah, it, it, so it's the, the, the internal cause that might, you might not notice the actual internal cause because the, the latent effect, like you know, the, the relation is the next one is what all seem like the cause but it's actually just the kind of catalyst the real cause is something more fundamental it's like you can't suppose someone keeps going through the same pattern right they keep running into these toxic relationships uh and people who just play the same old pattern that might be linked to someone like their father or something right and they don't understand why they go through the same pattern again and again and again because they've got mental conditioning, and it's playing out based on that right So um, relation, the relationship of indirect causes to the internal cause. Indirect causes are various conditions, both internal and external, that help the internal cause produce an effect. There you go. Seven, no, wait, I've already done that. (laughs) Latent effect, the effect produced in life when an internal cause is activated through its relationship with various conditions. So, yeah, this is the catalyst that seems to be the cause, but it's not the internal cause. There's the effect of that. How, what, what seems to result from that? But this isn't the manifest effect, that's nine. No, this is the... Hmm. So there's the manifest effect that's, like, tangible, but then there's the latent effect that... The effect choose in life internal into life okay so it's like how you feel so an internal cause might be karma right an external cause might be someone has a go at you right that would be relation and then the latent effect would be how you feel about that Let's say anger, uh, and then the manifest effect might be you attacking them. Just for example, Um, yeah. Nine manifest effect: the tangible, perceivable result that emerges in time as an expression of a latent effect, and therefore of an internal cause. Again, through its relationship with various conditions, Marilow Seven Eleven to Seven Eighty Two regards the Buddhist law of causality described by the four factors from internal cause to manifest effect as the distinctive characteristic of the ten factors it concerns the law cause and effect for attaining Buddhahood. interestingly my um it seems like the way i've been talking my state seems to have shifted out of intuition or something or less intuitive since i've been described literally reading what it's saying this is the um, Tibetan buddhist encyclopedia.com I think that maybe when you're copying something, reading something out, it's kind of like, because it's secondary, it's not like, and it's not directly intuitive inspiration. It's like, um, maybe it lowers the frequency. I don't know, you might be able to discern it, but I felt different reading that. So (laughs) I'd like to go back to how I was doing it before this, but yeah, yeah, it's still useful to clarify. Now, 10, consistency consistency from beginning to end the unifying factor among the 10 factors it indicates that all other nine factors from the beginning appearance to the end of manifest effect are consistently harmoniously interrelated all nine factors are thus consistently harmoniously expressed the same condition of existence at any moment yeah so all these 10 they're one whole they're just aspect of manifestations or something there are different aspects of the whole, okay? So the 10 factors of life are simply life... Factors? It, it, yeah, it's the factorization of life or something. <laughs> or oh, karma in life or, Yeah. I think you know what I mean. So that's 10 times 10 times 10, 1,000. So how do you get to 3,000 life states? Well, there are three realms. Okay. Self is the first realm. Now what is this realm? Uh self is well, it's the internal worlds for an individual. Within you, you've got these one thousand you've got the 1,000 different states here, right? You've got 10 basic states, you've got 10 in each of the 10, 100, and you've got 10 factors for each of those 1,000, right? Now, that's in individually, in each individual self, you've got that, and they manifest externally through the interactions with others, right? So so that's society, too. The second... uh, Well, why is this? Because if you're angry, you interact with others. Suddenly it's relationships, angry relationships. Oh my God, you did this, you did that, ah, right? It's society suddenly, it's social interaction. Okay, so it doesn't, but it's not just anger. I mean, all of these, right? Hunger, I mean, if you're going to hook-up culture is an example of a uh, hunger in a sense, desire, right? Each of these has effects on the self, but also effects in society. People are just being depressed indoors, you know, whatever you know. That that's hell, you know, that would have an effect. People giving to each other and then people receiving that whole thing has effect, and the positive and negative manifestations. Each of these affects society and the individual, right? That's the point. Um, now, the third of the realms is land. Now, this, in a sense, is the environment. Social environment, I would say, but also physical environment. Maybe energetic environment, too. Definitely energetic environment, too. It's, you could say it's the world or the... Um, it's basically, yeah, it's kind of like this the individual manifestation of it then it's social but there's also the whole it could be the whole world it could be our oh, galaxy I, I, look, there's different levels of it but the point is yeah it's like let, let's say for simple for argument's sake um the state of the world of earth um it could be on more it could be on the level of a land like this is nature and buddhism you can imagine, like, say, oh, it's Japan during feudal Japan. Like the, the, the state of Japan at the time manifested all of these, what of you know, the 10 basic life states, the 10 worlds, the factors of life, in self and society manifesting from within out on up or whatever direction point have the arrows be. Basically, yeah, that the that the state of the land or the state of the world, the state of the environment. What have you? Same thing we're pointing at here. Yeah, it's it manifests like that. So the state of the world at the moment is a manifestation of it we count on the land. And okay, so this at this point, this is really the point of my actual video. Now, first of all, just even explaining this, I'm sure it's helpful. But how do we change the world? How do we be of service? How, how does the new earth get founded one step at a time? Now I'm sure the new earth is gonna be great. So how does that transformation happen? In and Buddhism, there's a concept called human revolution. So, Human evolution is putting this into practice in everyday life. Self, society, and land are transformed this way. So, we can have all these ideas about, on um, plans about how we're gonna have Well, we're gonna, oh, some people have these protests about this and the other, about certain uh, measures that have been put in place and how we don't like that. There's various things about plans about you know you might get people setting up some commune, uh, new age commune or something. Uh, there's all sorts of ways in which people try to change the world externally to improve it, and I'm not going to say that that's bad or anything. I mean, the intent is great, but like the first step is no matter what state we're in, of these ten basic life states, or in a world. Hell, hunger, animality, anger, and so forth. If we can be consciously aware and present as much as we can, we can get the positive aspects of each of these, or manifestations of each of these states when we're in it. And what happens if you get the positive manifestations of all nine up to bodhisattva, right? And you consistently are in those positive aspects of those states? What happens if you integrate those all together in your life, in the moment, in a, in a moment? You get the Buddhahood state. That's how you get the Buddhahood state, Kondinicharad Buddhism. You get better, you attain you, 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 the better state, but basically by integrating the positive aspects of all those other states. Okay, what happens with those negative states then? The negative aspects of those states? Do you just discard them, reject them? Not worthy of me? No. Because how do you get to the positive manifestations of these? It's basically in a work. The human evolution includes basically Nichiren Buddhism says that if you chant Nam Myoho Kyo, which I might be mispronouncing, but if you, you just keep chanting that and there's this, the Lotus Sutra as well, they say that you can um, it will transform your life. And I've heard stories about from Nichiren Buddhists saying, "Oh yeah, that transformed their life this way." and you know I believe it, so I would say Buddhism is helpful. Um, wait, that, it is, but that wasn't what I was going to say meditation that's helpful in a work shadow work i would say think of this there's a menu of options or approaches for transforming yourself or the human revolution let's say it on those terms self-inquiry what i will say is like with mantras a bit you know like um now, my whole ring here, chanting that. Chanting is an option. um I'm considering integrating that. But obviously, what resonates with you? Because someone might say, oh, meditation is great. But if you're forcing yourself to meditate, it doesn't feel right. That's not going to be helpful, is it? That's an egoic thing. So, whereas if you just call to do it and do it in the moment, that can be greatly beneficial. So suppose someone integrates the negative aspects and transforms them into the positive aspects. They get the positive aspects of each of these nine states, they integrate them, Buddhahood, right? Someone's in Buddhahood state. Basically, fourth density, their fifth dimension, they're they're enjoyed. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like enlightened. They're enlightened. They're, they're the lightened state of the talkens spectrum. Like, like um the Hawkins scale like uh, Eckhart Tolle or something someone becomes like Eckhart Tolle whatever that even means you know but I'm being a bit reductionist here but what happens then? well in their interaction just themselves individually their experience of their life will completely change not just will they perceive everything around them completely different and experience it completely different but that actually the events around them Will synchronistically just be way more favorable to them. They'll be in that abundance and it will kind of attract favorable outcomes and abundance and joy. And yeah, and they'll start meeting people who have the same sort of uh, high frequency and stuff like that. So, and it happens, it's not just like, oh, once you've got better, everything gets better. But like indie, the, the more you progress, let's say, with this inner revolution, um, the more you transform your life, your life internally and around you, now what happens as a result of that? Inevitably, on a social level, on a societal level, other people might see the changes in you and be inspired by it. Or, and Buddhism does teach about like, um, um well, what is that? Uh, sharing. And that it's not just about being in a log cabin, meditating by yourself. Now, that kind of benefits energetically to humanity. Sure, so if you really feel called to that, I'm not going to say don't do that. But if you interact with a society in a higher state, you transform others' people's lives or help them transform their own lives. And what happens if other people through interaction with you transform their own lives? then the whole same thing can repeat with people in their lives. But of course, it's not just you. Everyone conducting the process of human revolution, or let's say in a work self you know what we're talking about here. Um, everyone doing that, the more can bring in more people to doing that, and basically, although it's not really a doing, it makes sense, and this process, the more it expands and transforms people's lives on a social level. Um, you get the positive aspects of all of these states transforming internally and externally the lives of people across society. Now, that, that that is fantastic, right? Now, what's the next step? Well, the land, the world. That's how the new earth is born, right? It's not like we need to focus externally and like just doing the right things and then the world changes i mean david hawkins pointed out that the world of effects is the result it's not the cause when we think in the world of effects we try to cause things and then we try to change the causes of the world of effects by changing what happens physically but we're missing the point it's actually causation is energetic in basic states right um you manifest in your life what reflects the state you're in. Like, if you're angry, if you're in the state of anger, you're going to act angry, right? right. And so people are like, people try to change how they're acting, like, without fixing the your cause the state. So they're like, I need to stop doing this, these behaviors. So they recognize there's a problem, but I need to stop. If someone's got an anger problem, then I need to stop yelling at people or something. They think that's the issue. That's just um, how to put it—the latent effect. So people try to change latent effects without actually looking at the inherent cause, or the other, or the aspect of nature, or of their um, what's going on there. Oh, I'll point out—maybe this is covered in for power, but I remembered something about power, which basically fourth of the ten factors of life which basically the, each of these each state has a, a sort of power of its own that like like there's a fieriness metaphorically speaking to um, anger for example I just thought I'd mention that so um, yeah so the basic point is we can have all these plans about how we can change the world what you things we're going to do, what new projects, how we can reform government, and so forth. Okay. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But what does that come from? It comes from this, the ten basic states of the world. The change, and true causation as well, comes from the states within people. Now. Other, it's the interaction of people with those internal states but since we're collectively one anyway it's internal but the internal the collective which is the internal of each individual at the same time um these inner worlds we transform within we transform society we transform the world it really is that simple now we can have all these complicated plans and ideas about like awakening and how we serve and how or whatever about how we help you but if we focus on transforming our internal state the inspiration will come and we will see we will know through inspiration we'll be given intuitively understanding about the next steps and the next step and what to do in the moment right we don't need to plan it all out think it all out not that Thinking is something we shouldn't do, period, but we need to focus on what within the burst. And if we pay attention and identify, rather than a misunderstanding, the 10 factors of life well, like if we misunderstand a latent effect and think the latent effect is a cause, that can be misunderstanding things. Now, don't get me wrong, Um, if there's a latent effect, like someone attacking someone, there's going to be results from that, but really that whole interaction, the whole energetic dynamic, there's an energy behind the dynamic where it seems like A, someone attacks B, someone B, both of those have, both of those people have karma, which is causing the interaction to even have to take place. That's what I'll say. Um, and yeah, understanding this can help, but you don't really need to focus on, honestly, you can just focus on transforming, doing in a work, basically, and self inquiry. Practices like meditation, if you're called to them, and when you're called, not forced in a new way. Yeah, the, the internal. The great work, the internal work, the transformation, the transformation, the human revolution, right? That's how we change the world. No grand plan. We just, although there is, but that's, that's for, um, that's not like a higher self thing. We don't need to worry about that. It's just like in the transformation, transform ourselves. And we can transform the world through that, not individually, but together with others. And that's how people unite together as well, rather than being in separation. By transforming within so that we're not putting barriers between us and others. And so we can inspire others to make the transformation as well. So, so yeah. Um, it really is that simple, <laughs> despite how long it took me to explain it. <laughs> so thank you for um, listening to the end. If you did. Yeah. So, um, have a nice day and, uh, I wish you well.